Well, welcome to the latest ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel, speaking to you live from the Wichita airport. (laughs) So I have done these podcasts from some pretty strange places. Uh, This would not be one of the strangest, but at least it's a moderately quiet airport so I can get away with this. The question of the week had to do with housing. Uh, This came from the assembled brains at ASA. Obviously, housing is of key importance to this entire sector. So, three things to point out. Number one, the housing sector is still growing. It is still growing at almost a 15% annual rate. So, that's the good news. This is growth despite higher mortgage rates, despite the fact that houses are expensive. The catch is that it is not the single-family market that's growing. What's growing is the multifamily market. It is now seeing growth levels probably better than they've been in 10 years. And some of this is a reaction, of course, to the more expensive mortgages, making the single-family market, single family market a little less robust. What happens with housing is always really, really local. And it's almost impossible to make grand statements about what's happening nationally because certain districts are doing really well, certain districts are not doing well, depends on the economic expansion there. One of the factors that is kind of throwing off some of the assessment these days is that you don't see the big bubble bursts that you used to, at least not so far. That used to happen when you would have more people coming into an area than it could support when it came to jobs. For example, you look at places like Nashville and Austin where they were claiming to see, you know, 200, 100 people coming in per day. The question was always, are you really providing enough jobs to sustain that kind of growth? And when I was talking to the city manager in Austin, he said, well, no, we're not, but we don't have to because people are coming here with jobs. They're working remotely for some company elsewhere, and he was giving the example of a guy that had just showed up that day from Duluth, and the company in Duluth said, you can work here in Duluth or anywhere else, and the guy said, hmm, I think I'll take anywhere else, and his wife said, let's move to Austin, so they did, and so, I mean, he immediately buys a house, and he's set to go, and doesn't matter because his employer is not even in the city. That has allowed fast-growth cities like Austin and Nashville and Phoenix and the others to keep growing, even though they've kind of outrun their ability to hire people. The other interesting factor as far as housing is that the biggest limitation is still supply chain and labor. Uh, You are still running into sectors of the country that cannot get the materials that they need, cannot get the labor that they need. This uh, obviously plays right into the ASA memberships issues as well. The supply chain has not been repaired. It's getting a little better. Uh, You're seeing a little bit more shift away from places that are difficult to ship out of, like China. Uh, seeing more expansion in other places in Asia. And you're seeing a lot more reshoring activity in the United States. Whether that has been really affecting the building supply chain kind of remains to be seen. Lumber prices have come down a bit, but they're still relatively high compared to what they have been. So the overall conclusion is that housing is not dead, but it has shifted to multifamily. 
you are seeing a considerable expansion of millennial Gen Z interest in housing, still not what it used to be as far as Gen X and boomers are concerned. Even the boomers are moving into that multifamily arena uh, more than they used to. The prognosis is actually halfway decent, but it's going to depend on how aggressive the interest rates are from this point. And without going into a great deal of detail about that, the Fed will continue to raise rates as long as the unemployment rate stays low. So the thing to watch for is that when you start to see distress in the housing market, it's going to be kind of coinciding with good news on the employment front. Because as long as there are jobs and as long as the unemployment rate is, is relatively low, the Fed will continue to feel like it has room to raise rates. As soon as that unemployment data turns and you start to see fewer quits and you see more people applying for unemployment, all that kind of stuff, that will be a signal to the Fed that it has done enough to slow the economy and it can either stop raising interest rates or you maybe even reverse them. So. For now, it is kind of a mixed bag. It's a little less drastic than it was expected to be at this point, but it's still not necessarily healthy. So kind of that limbo. We're waiting to see what goes on. If you look at some of the data that we collect as Armada, we're still seeing a pretty substantial recovery second or third quarter of next year. So it's kind of working our way through two or three quarters of not great news and then hoping for improvement. So with that, I'm going to go catch a flight and hopefully the next time I do one of these, I'll be back home. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye.